So, um, as I said, uh, Mother's Day is a special day. Uh, I heard a joke recently that um, there was a teacher, and I thought about this because my wife's a teacher. It was a second grade teacher who uh, was teaching their, her kids about a magnet. She was telling them all about what a magnet is about and what it does. And then the next day, she gave the kids a test. And on the test, it says, um, I'm talking about something that is a six-letter word. It's really good at picking things up, and it starts with M. And ha- over half the class said, mother. <laughs> Great at picking things up. And there's this, and then there's this. Um, I want to uh, tackle an awesome passage in the Bible that is uh, sort of a beautiful picture of where we see Jesus' mother show up. Never preached this message before. God just kind of gave it to me this week, and I feel like it's going to bless all of us. Uh, and so if you're going to follow along, it's John chapter 2, and we're going to start reading, reading verse 1. It'll be up on the screen. It says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus said to his disciples, who were also uh, invited to the celebration, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus told him, Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. I love this. Dear woman, this is the New Living Translation, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother, his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now take it to the master of the ceremony. And the way the story plays out is that as the servants took the wine to the ceremony, it magically turned into, or the water magically turned into wine. It was not only just average wine, it was like the best wine for the party. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And that was the first miracle of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message that you have for us. Jesus, it's not just a celebration of moms, but it's something that you have planned so that we can see who you are, so that we can see the way that you have created us and designed us to live and walk with you in life. And so, Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes. I pray that this morning would not only be encouraging, but Jesus, it would be transformational. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I I think it's pretty cool that Jesus's mom was involved in the very first miracle of Jesus. Uh, Moms typically are there for all the firsts, right? And um, it's just like fitting. But before we dive into the miracle and the wedding, um, I want to pause and just say that, that motherhood is God's idea. That sounds rather elementary, Um, but in a world that uh, the lines are being blurred pretty quickly regarding gender, um, I I just want to say that motherhood is God's idea. I want to go further and say, and it'll be up on the screen, male and female are the image of God. And without both, you have an incomplete view of God. And I'm going to prove it to you. Now, I'm not trying to create a new doctrine. We know that God is our father and he sent his son, both males, but God's not male. He's male and female. If he weren't, he wouldn't be able to create a female. And everyone, every guy in the room said amen to that because we don't understand you. There's no way we could create you. (laughs) The, the, The word female literally means opposite. 
I heard some guys say, no, it actually means there's a fee with this one, but okay. <laughs> but but it's, it, it's, it's complete opposite, and yet, um, and yet both equally came out of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, super profound in this conversation about motherhood. We didn't just stumble into this. We didn't create it. Adam didn't create it. God did. And it says this in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man or human beings. The word man in other translations is man literally means human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the live, livestock, all uh, the wild animals on the earth and the small animals uh, that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, don't miss this, he created them, male and female, he created them. And so, in a world that is desperately confused and, and quickly blurring the lines, as I said, uh, between male and female, I want to recognize and celebrate that, God, that motherhood is God's idea. And without a good picture of this, we don't have a good picture of God. You can't look at a man and go, oh, I know what God's like. You got to look at both. And it's beautiful and it's incredible. And God created both to represent and bring together in his image who he is. And it's awesome. So today uh, we admire moms. We celebrate moms. And we we aspire to be more like how God created moms because there's some aspects of who God is that a mom carries intrinsically and the rest of us stand around and go, oh, that's amazing. I want to be more like that, like compassion and nurturing and these traits that just like so, come you know, so naturally to women. They're not exclusively to women. It's just God putting his goodness on display. And we get to go, wow, that is who God is. And we see that and we admire that. And so um, we're going to dive in. Everything was going great at the wedding until it wasn't. Uh, I love weddings. Uh, I did a wedding recently, uh, but I hadn't done one in a while, which means to say I hadn't dressed up in a while. And as you know, like this is as dressy as I get unless it's Christmas or Easter. Not even really Easter. Christmas is when I put on the, you know, the, the, the suit and tie. Other than that, I don't. I'm not like Qualic rocks the, you know, full on, you know, suit every day. And I'm like a once a year guy. So I got asked to do a wedding and I had like a really nice wedding outfit. I just hadn't worn it in a long, long time. Probably a couple years since I had done a wedding. And so I put it on, like I felt like I was doing pretty good. And this particular wedding, it was in a house, but I had this like idea that these people are going to be dressed up. Some weddings are more casual and some of them are like, so I'm so glad I put on my very, literally my very best outfit because this crew, I mean, they were dialed. I was the least dressed in the whole deal and I was having my best outfit on. So I'm so glad I did. I even had, I have these shoes that are like, uh, like tux shoes. I have like that shine. I wore those. I mean, killing it, right? So um, we ran through the whole rehearsal. We did all that. We're getting ready for the wedding. The kind of people are getting into place. The DJ's like, hey, like five minute countdown. And all of a sudden I take a step. And because I hadn't worn my outfit in so long, 
didn't realize how old my shoes were getting. And I don't know if this guy bought cheap shoes years ago or, or whatever, or if it's a thing, but the sole of my shoe, like no joke. So the sole of my shoe came like this. So it was holding on by like that much. So I would walk and it'd be like, cuckoo, cuckoo. And I'm doing the ceremony. So no one saw, it just happened. And I'm like, oh my gosh, right? And so I, I like shuffled over to Heather and I'm like, come here. I'm like, and I show her and she's like, oh my gosh. Right? The DJ's like, we good? Like two minutes out. And I shuffle back over and I'm like, what am I going to do? Heather, fix this. And she's like, not even I can fix that. Just stand still, don't walk anywhere. So I like shuffle back in place and we're like, we're good. And I literally stood there like throughout the reception, the whole deal. I didn't go anywhere. I shuffled over to my chair and I shuffled back. And then eventually I was walking and the thing just fell off. And so I had no soul. And then one shoe, and so I ripped the other one off and I'm like, this is how it's supposed to be. They're like slippers. They're like tuck slippers. Some problems not even moms can fix, but uh, I, lo- I do love weddings. Um, so, so here we are, we find ourselves at this wedding, um, and mom truly, truly does save the day. And, and I think it's beautiful, I think it's amazing, and there's really three things that, that I took from, from this story that I feel like are not only celebrating moms, but also for, for all of us, celebrating who God is and saying um, that that this really is a beautiful attribute of who he is, and it's who I want to be more often. And the first idea, and all of you, all of you are going to echo this um, with me, uh, all three of these points, because you know they're true. And the first one is moms see and care. Moms see and care. They, they, they see things that, that us guys especially definitely don't see and care and I love this about Mary because while everyone's out on the dance floor, right? I mean, part, listen, weddings in this culture, in this day and age, were seven days long and it was a full-on party. I mean, they know how to do it. And here, everyone else is partying and Mary is counting wine barrels. She's like, okay, this many guests and this many. She's like, we're going to be, we're going to run out. We're going to run out. And, uh, and I love the fact that she noticed it. She, Jesus didn't notice it, or it doesn't say that he noticed it. The disciples weren't scurrying around. It was Mary. It was a mom who said, now I can see what no one else can see. And um, man, I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for Heather, I would look like the most oblivious, uncaring person because I just, I, my, my uh, observing skills especially in social atmospheres, are like a two out of 10. I don't know if you're with me, but like, I just don't notice everything. I'll come home from church and Heather's telling this and that. And did you know this person I talked? And I'm like, I didn't see or notice any of that, but I'm so glad you did. Or like, she'll say, hey, will you go grab something in the pantry and I'll go in there and I'll take what I feel like is a pretty deep dive into the pantry. And I'm like, no, it's not here. (laughs) And she's like, did you look past the first row? I'm like, no? Is there anything behind the first row? It's just, I didn't see it. Or she'll say, hey, get something out of, my, out of your purse, you know? So I'll go into the purse. You know, this isn't going to go well. And I'm like, it's not here. You know, I'll dump it out. It's not there. She'll walk over. Yeah, it's right there. Like, I just, I don't notice things. The other thing, though, is that moms care. They, they see 
then they, they move kind of past the, the obvious and they, and they ask questions. They have real conversations. Women get together and they're going to do it next week. Women get together and they talk about stuff and they learn things about one another. I'll go golfing for four hours and Heather be like, oh, who'd you go with? Oh, so-and-so. Oh, how are they doing? Their golf game's pretty good. Was there something you wanted me to ask for you? Well, you know, how are things at home? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have no idea. We played golf. <laughs> well, weren't you there for like four hours? Yeah. What'd you guys talk about? I don't know. Golf? <laughs> or, 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 or wives, you know, we, we ask, you guys ask questions about your husbands. Like, hey, what are you guys thinking? You know, because you care about that stuff. And our answer? Nothing. <laughs> And just a quick tip for the wives, the moms, we're not lying. We actually have a nothing box and we sit in it and nothing happens in that box. Nothing is allowed to come in. It's just, so when we watch TV or when we're playing our phone, on our phone, there's nothing going on. So we're not hiding anything. There's literally, but moms, you guys, you, you are always pressing through that and you're seeing and you're noticing people and things and you bring your compassion and today we celebrate that. Second idea is this, moms point us to what matters. Jesus' very first miracle was solving an alcohol problem. Yeah, whether it was like, you know, some theologians say it was like, you know, two or 3% alcohol and not like it is now. But either way, my point is, on the scale of one to 10 of importance, does, does wine really matter? I mean, Jesus, you used, you, it's, like, it's like, you know, three wishes with a genie, right? And it's like you use one wish to like solve the alcohol problem at a wedding. Really, Jesus? Like this doesn't seem like the level of importance to use your first miracle on. And yet Mary, she knew something that we didn't. And it was almost like her and Jesus had this like little inside moment winking at each other because Mary is pointing all of us to something that matters way more than drinks at a party. And Jesus knew this. And this is why I absolutely love it. See, um, in a Jewish wedding, I put it up here, the groom was responsible to provide the wine. And it was a way of saying, I will provide for you. I will take care of you. And I will honor you. So to run out of wine would be an absolute disgrace to, to the groom. This was his first opportunity to like show his guests, show her family that for the rest of your life, I'm going to provide for you. I got this. And he comes to the plate and just swings and misses. And all of a sudden, Mary's like, I, I'm seeing something here. But, but, but listen, there's more than that. And, 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 and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is taking us even a little bit deeper to understand. It's not just Mary was protecting his honor, but Mary was pointing all of us to what really matters. And we see it in Jesus' response. Jesus' response is hilarious. Now, granted, you know, uh, please, husbands, don't, or don't call your wife woman. 
but Jesus got away with it. Uh, but he said, it's not my time. Now, at first glance, you're like, does that mean, Jesus, you're not on the clock yet? And so you're just like, come on, I'm not, I'm not working here. We're partying. Don't ask me to do miracles on my day off. You know what I'm saying? That's not what Jesus was doing. Because like I said, Jesus and Mary, they had a connection. Like an only a mother and son could. And oftentimes we, we lose sight of that because we see Jesus, most of his, you know, the life that we see, he's an adult. But don't forget, they, they grew up 33 years and she was his mama. They knew each other intimately. And so they had this underlying communication. We know they did in this moment because Mary was pointing to something much deeper. It's no mistake that Jesus' first miracle took place at a wedding and the groom runs out of wine for Jesus knew of another wedding to come. And in this new wedding, we are the bride and he is the groom. And I put this up there. In this wedding, he would be the groom, we are his bride and his blood would never run out. And so Mary is saying, Jesus, this is a picture. And the groom, who's you, is out of wine. Meaning, we don't have what it takes. But you do, Jesus. You can solve this problem and tell the world. And then we're going to be telling this story for thousands and thousands of years that you as the bride of Christ, as the, as the husband, and we are the bride, he is the groom and he is coming for us, but he has already shed his blood for us representing the wine on that day. See, wine didn't represent alcohol on this day. Wine represented his blood poured out for us and we celebrate it every month. When we come to communion, we celebrate the wine that Jesus, Jesus sent, he spilt for us. And so on this day, Mary was saying, hey, there's something else going on here. Not only do we want to cover this groom so he's not embarrassed, but we want to point to something beautiful because this whole thing is a wedding. And that your relationship with Christ it's a beautiful covenant. It's not a contract. It's not a religion. It's a covenant between your God and you. And we are married to him. And he is our provider. He will always honor us. He will always take care of us. And he has put that on display. And Mary is going, hey, just like a mom would. So easy to... Uh, to lose perspective in life. It's so easy to just kind of forget what, what is important and what matters. And I love that, that Mary on this, on this day was, was pointing people to Jesus. I love that, that Mary, mama, is pointing us to Jesus even in this moment. And I can honestly say that, that this is the role of mom. My mom has always pointed me to Jesus. And I know that many of you can say the same thing. As you've walked through life, the highs and the lows, can we just celebrate our moms that go, you know what, son, daughter, don't get confused with all the stuff that this world brings. Come on, let's remember what really matters. And it's living for the kingdom. It's Jesus. 
It's his rule. It's his reign. And so it's all about him. And I love that mothers constantly know how to bring this back. Us guys, listen, we can do a lot of cool things, but no one points us in the right direction. It's like they have a divine compass and they just like, how many of you have had, had, had in your past, you can remember a time when you had a rough day, you've had a rough week, you broke, had a breakup, you had whatever, and you find yourself on the kitchen table talking to your mom and she breaks out that divine compass and she's like, let me help steer you back to true north. And we celebrate this about our moms. Lastly, moms draw out the best in us. Moms draw out the best in us. I find it interesting that uh, not only was this Jesus's first miracle, but it was initiated by mom. Most of the miracles either are initiated by the person that's in need, the blind person or the leper or whatever, or initiated by Jesus because he's noticing something. But this is the first and really the only that we know of miracle that's initiated by mom. Mom's like, hey, Jesus, there's a need. Whether you saw it or not, I'm going to need you to do something. But not only that, I find it interesting that, that the way that Mary went about accomplishing this goal. Because she could have easily went to Jesus as mom right? We all wear different hats, but every once in a while, how many of you know Mary put on the mom hat with Jesus? Like, uh-uh, right? And she went, she could have easily went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you to fix this right now. <laughs> like, remember Moses turned like the Nile River into blood. I need you to turn the water into wine. I just need you to make this happen. So pick your shepherd's staff out or whatever you need to do and make it happen because we're about to have a problem. She could have easily done that. Or, or she could have went the more gracious way and said, hey, Jesus, so here's the thing. We have a, a bit of a dilemma, and it's about to be a problem. Everyone doesn't know yet. I'm kind of early on the scene here. I'm going to need you to fix it. What do you need me to do? I'm available. Just point me in the right direction, and, I, and I'll do it. But she didn't do either of those things. What I love about Mary and what I love about moms is that you know something that many times we forget. And it's a characteristic intrinsic in moms that God gave you out of who he is. And it's this, mothers know that it is not what you accomplish in this life that matters. But who you raise up and what you pass on that lasts. And listen, I will be the first to admit that us guys, we get this wrong all the time because we are constantly building monuments to ourselves, thinking that that's what's going to be important. Can I tell you, Jesus never built a single thing, never built an organization, never built, never put one rock upon another rock to build anything specific in terms of what you would see today that lasted. The only thing that he built that lasts today was people. Because he was constantly pulling other people, like, come on, be a part of this with me. Be a part of this with me. Hey, you go do that because that's what's going to last. And I love the fact that that's what Mary's doing in this moment. And moms, you do this better than anybody. Mary was desperate to get these young kids in the game. Because she knew if they could just experience something, if they could just be a part of something, they'll never forget it. And so instead of just solving the problem, 
Instead of having her own miracle, she looked around, problem, Jesus. All right, who's gonna, who needs to be a part of something? You, I'm gonna pick you, right? I'm gonna pick you, right? And then she's like, all right, here's the deal. Jesus is gonna come to you and he's gonna have some crazy idea. Just do it. Wink, it's gonna be awesome. And the rest is history. And those young kids, those servants, those bystanders, we don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. They weren't important. They were not important at all. But Mary, the mother, was like, you know what? We're going to pass something on. And what we're going to pass on isn't just a cool ending to a story. The party that was going to run out of rhyme, but they didn't. But now we're going to pass on a couple of bystanders. And they're going to experience a miracle and they're going to realize, wow, like if I, just, if I just follow Jesus, some incredible things can happen. And so what happens is that they bring the wine and they do the whole thing. And it literally says, Jesus says, fill up the pots. So then they do that and it doesn't turn into to wine. It's still water. And Jesus, he doesn't deliver the servants, these nobodies. They take their scoop of water and they deliver it to the master of the ceremony and to the guests and they pour it and it's wine. Can you imagine being that little boy or that young girl getting to be a participant in that? Because a mother said, you know what? Here's what matters. Here's what matters. What we get to raise up and pass on to the next generation. And so we can all take a cue from the moms to say, next generation, stand on my shoulders. Come on, let me, let me help you get in the game. Following Jesus, listening to him. And the byproduct of the story, it says that no one knew what took place except for the disciples or except for the servants. Everybody else just thought, wow, how cool is this that they saved the best wine for last? Wow, what a genius move. No one's ever thought of that before. And then it says, but the servants knew where it really came from because Mary, mama, she pulled him into the story and said, come on. And I guarantee you, they were never the same. I love as we look at this beautiful thing called motherhood and what God has put on display. And we just want to say, we admire you. We admire who you are. We admire the intrinsic gifts that are inside of you and the way that you point us to God. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the beautiful celebration that is today, Jesus, and the way that you have ordained these kinds of moments to see you more clearly. That you are the God that sees that nothing passes by your view and that you deeply care for us, Lord, that you are the God that constantly, by your Holy Spirit, is pointing us in the right direction, saying, walk this way. And that you've put our moms in our life to help us with that. And then, Jesus, you're constantly calling out the best in us, and we admire that in our moms as well. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.